Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Yeah, Taylor Swift knows what date the Super Bowl is going to be held. She's going to have to organise herself to be there for Travis Kelsey. But could it be, Marion McKeown, that Taylor Swift could be the secret agent to propel Joe Biden back to power in the presidential election? Well, there's certainly a, a train of thought that believes absolutely that, and it's driving Trump supporters nuts because they think they own the FL, NFL, and Trump is Mr. NFL, and he took the side of, of course, you know, the NFL uh, powers that be against Colin Kaepernick and taking a knee and all that and waded into that. Uh, I'm really sceptical. This is a report that's based on a survey carried out by Newsweek of, I think, about 1,400 people or thereabouts, and about one in five said that they would you know, they'd be likely to back a candidate that she endorses. But a little bit less than one in five said it would have the opposite effect on them. But in my experience of campaign trails, I remember Hillary Clinton had Bruce Springsteen. She had Katy Perry. They were performing for her at her events. They were getting people out. Um, and tens of thousands of people turned out for their free concerts. It didn't mean they voted for Hillary Clinton or indeed John Kerry before her, who also co-opted Bruce Springsteen. You know, I, I, maybe now that you have... Look, one thing she's doing I think is really good is she's encouraging people to register to vote. She's encouraging the, you know, the younger um, 18 to 25 year olds to get online to register and to go and vote. Um, and I think that's the single most important contribution. Whether they vote for Biden or Trump beyond that I, is up to them, I think. But I think that, you know, maybe some younger voters will, will listen to her. But overall, as I say, it doesn't tend to make that much difference one way or the other. Carl Thomas, is Marion underestimating the Taylor Swift effect? Are there all the Tete fans uh, are perhaps more enthusiastic in the current generation than maybe fans of Bruce Springsteen? were when Hillary Clinton was running that this is the way to get the younger people engaged and that's why uh, Trump and his people seem to fear her influence so much. Matt, it just shows how superficial American politics has become. I would refer Taylor Swift to one of her songs called A Place in This World. The lyric says, I don't know what I want, so don't ask me. Explain more why you believe that to be so significant, Cal. Look, I don't need a celebrity to tell me how to vote or for whom to vote. And Marion is right. About, about as many people say they wouldn't vote for anybody endorsed by Taylor Swift as said they would. Uh, why don't we just have entertainers be entertainers and politicians be politicians and ministers be ministers? Why do we have to have all of this crossover in American culture and politics? I like Taylor Swift. I think she is a terrific performer. She obviously has a magnificent uh, following. My granddaughter has managed to get tickets, or her mother has, uh, for a Taylor Swift uh, concert in the U.S. Uh, in the near future, and she loves her and is a big fan. Why can't we leave it like that? Why do we have to muddy the waters by getting people who are supposed to entertain us uh, involved in other things? And that goes for the professional sports people, too. But sure, we you could say that went for Donald Trump. He was an entertainer via The Apprentice when he got involved in politics. Surely anybody is entitled to have a political view to get involved in politics. 
Well, of course they are, Matt, but uh, I, I don't see, as Marion said, and as this survey indicates, I don't see that it makes all that much difference. It gets people excited. It gets people uh, uh, reading these stories. But uh, why would you vote for somebody endorsed by a celebrity? I, I just don't get it. I mean, what do they know about the economy, about the national debt, about foreign policy? As much uh, as Donald Trump does. <laughs> he ran for president and <laughs> succeeded and is running again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you get me. Donald Trump became a politician, Cal, on the basis of his celebrity. He was a celebrity businessman built up by a TV show, The Apprentice. Oh, How was right. that way any different to Taylor Swift as an entertainer expressing her opinion on a point of view and been taken seriously by people? Well, she's not running for office, and I, I certainly have been uh, a critic of Trump and his behavior uh, with women and uh, with uh, with his opponents and the name calling and the demeaning and a whole long his misogyny uh, and a whole list of things and and his threats to pull out of NATO and uh, his his calling Kim Jong Un his buddy and uh, that, that Putin and Xi Jinping are are strong men and and implying that the, they are they are people that he admires at least for their tactics. So I, I'm not a, a one-off on this, Matt. And yes, I agree with you that, uh, that uh, 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 what's his name? Trump. Oh, yes. His celebrity <laughs> propelled him uh, to, uh, to national prominence. And, and that's one of the problems with our politics in this country, Matt. It, you know, real people of substance uh, who are, are very intelligent and experienced on some of these issues that really matter can't be elected these days. A lot of people, Cal, just before I go back to Marion, also pointed out that Ronald Reagan was a movie star. Did people tell him before he ran to be governor of California and then to be president to stay in his lane that he was well, an entertainer true. and shouldn't be a politician? Well, that's true. But Reagan, uh, if you you know read his letters and you read his, uh, his uh, scripts from the radio commentaries that he did, thought a lot about issues, studied a lot about issues before he became a candidate for governor of California and later uh, president of the United States. So I, I don't think the comparison is actually equal. Uh, I, I'm not aware of uh, Taylor Swift's uh, uh, performance or her ideas on foreign policy or economics. Maybe she has them. I'd like to hear them. Well, she's very good on some things. Like, I'm going to take a tweet that she put out on the 29th of May 2020, uh, Marion, which would have been at the middle of the time in the run-up to that particular election which Biden won. And I'm going to quote it directly. After stoking the fires of white supremacy and racism, your entire presidency, you have the nerve to feign moral superiority before threatening violence. When the looting starts, the shooting starts. We will vote you out in November at real Donald Trump. So she wasn't afraid to make a stance then, Marion, which would suggest yeah. she won't be intimidated out of taking a stance this time either. Well, you know, it's interesting because quoting that, I remember she was very reluctant initially to be pulled into politics and to take a side and to, and to you know, really give her tuppence worth on political stuff. And, and it came about really around the time of the George Floyd um, murder and, 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 and the protests that followed that and Trump's handling of those. And I think she had an absolute right to say what she did and, and good on her. You know, she is powerful. She does have almost half a billion followers on Twitter, which is an awful lot more 
more than than most people have. And uh, I mean, she does have influence. I have no problem with her giving her opinion. I just don't think that it's going to make a huge difference. Uh, and I, but I'm very interested and slightly amused by how you know you have all these people like Laura Loomer and Trump's lawyer jumping up and down saying this is a conspiracy, this is a conspiracy, and they're trying to basically um, do a hostile takeover of the NFL. Uh, you know, we we'll see how it, how it all turns out. I suspect that. Look, she is extremely good at her music. She's extremely good at what she does. She's very powerful. She's very savvy. And if she feels she can be of influence in the political arena for good, well, you know, let her at it. I mean, why not? A listener says Taylor Swift is more of a businesswoman than Trump was a businessman. She's more (laughs) self-made than him and put in a lot of hard work. Yes, I think she is savvier and more real, which makes you wonder, Cal, would Donald Trump actually be able to get the cash to give to E. Jean Carroll if he is forced to actually hand over the $83 million awarded to her in her successful defamation action against him. Yeah, it's a good question, Matt. Of course, uh, he says he's going to appeal, but uh, the court requires, as he had to do before with the previous judgment, uh, handing over $5 million to put an escrow. Uh, he may have to sell some of his properties. Now, we still have the case in New York uh, where uh, a judge has to decide whether he has overvalued his properties uh, for tax purposes. But I recall, uh, you know, another judgment uh, uh in the O.J. Simpson matter, where uh, the parents or the relatives of Ron Goldman and Nicole Brown, who were uh, murdered by O.J. Simpson, uh, were ordered to get $35.5 million, but O.J. never paid the money. Instead, he moved to Florida where bankruptcy and declared bankruptcy, where the laws uh, of protection are greater than probably any other state. So it, it remains to be seen whether she'll get that kind of money. She was on M- MSNBC, I think, last night uh, telling Rachel Maddow, uh, who asked her, how are you going to spend this money when you get it? She said, oh, well, I'm, uh, how about if I get you a penthouse and we go out on a shopping spree together? Elsewhere, she said, I'm going to try to find some entities that Donald Trump hates and donate to them. So pick your, pick your choice. Do you think, Marion, will she ever collect the money? Because is your man, does he have it? And even if he has it, would he hand it over? Oh, he he may have to. And and exactly as Cal said, what Trump has done in saying, I'll appeal, I'll appeal, well, he has to literally put his money where his mouth is because the court won't take an appeal until they have that exact amount in escrow. So he's got to find, you know, who knows where he'll get it. Maybe his buddy in in Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salman, maybe he'll get it from one of his casino billionaire buddies. I mean, he may be able to get the money to put up front for an appeal. Um, $65 million seems like a lot in punitive damage. But when you think of his behaviour right up to the point in the courtroom when he strode out, you know, to disrupt and throw um, uh, E. Jean Carroll's lawyer off her game in her closing speech. And when you think about his behaviour and the fact that he refused to stop libeling her, to stop slandering her, slandering her, to stop harassing her, even after the first finding of defamation. And, you know, at some point you've got to show a defendant like Trump who will not listen, who thinks he's above the law, civil or criminal, that actually are not. So I think even though maybe the amount of the punitive damage could be halved on appeal, possibly, who knows, but I think she'll get the reputational and she'll also get the emotional damages, which is about 18 million. She's still probably good for at least 50 million, I suspect, either way. And exactly again, as Cal said, we have a decision from Judge Arthur Engren in the civil fraud case, probably coming this week. I don't think he's going to 
shut down Trump organization. I don't think there's actually a reason to do that, but I think he is going to give him a very hefty fine that could be up to $370 million. So Trump is probably going to have to come up with the guts of half a billion in cash at some point quite soon. We'll see how he does it. And when it comes to money, uh, is Nikki Haley running out of it, Cal, with donors abandoning her, meaning that she's done for even before she gets to the primary in South Carolina next month? Yeah, we talked about this before on the show, Matt. I, I think the American primary system is broken. It it, it favors uh, people with the big money up front. The smaller states that are uh, the first two are virtually all white, or Iowa and New Hampshire. And then her home state of South Carolina, the polls show that Trump is way, way ahead by more than double digits. Some donors have already abandoned her. A couple of others are sticking with her. But I don't see any path for her uh, to the Republican nomination. And I think that's too bad. She's she's younger, and I think she's made a great case that we need a new generation. You know, you think of John F. Kennedy's uh, uh, wonderful line in 1960 uh, about uh, the torch has been passed to a new generation. He said it is an inaugural address, and I think generational change is a good thing, to, you know, along with the uh, the proper ideology and ideas uh, that go along with it. So, But apparently the voters are happy with uh, an, eight, an 81-year-old guy and a 77-year-old guy. It just blows me away. Okay, uh, I want to move to slightly something different, Marion. What's going on between Texas and the federal government over the US-Mexico border? And is Texas going to, well, disobey the White House is one thing, but disobey the Supreme Court? Well, it's certainly looking like it at the moment. Uh, this is of a piece. Let, just to put this in context, because it does seem bewildering, Donald Trump is running on immigration. That is, apart from his retribution and revenge and running to stay out of prison, the only thing that he has that even resembles any kind of a platform or policy is immigration. And he's claiming the US is being invaded and, you know, and, and he, he is thinks that that is his strongest suit to beat Joe Biden. Now, the governor of Texas, who is a hard right governor, um, Greg Abbott, is um, very, very friendly with Joe Biden. And he is basically doing a lot of this at Biden's behest. And, uh, you know, I beg your pardon, at Trump's behest. So what what he wants to do is to make life as difficult as possible for Joe Biden between now and the election, you know, in, in concert with Donald Trump. Uh, so Biden took this to the Supreme Court. We, we heard the harrowing stories about um, migrants who are getting caught on the, the razor wire. We heard about a mother and her two young children who drowned because Greg Abbott's Texas state troopers refused to let the customs um, and the border pe- people who are federal agents uh, to access the Rio Grande. Uh, now, the, the Supreme Court voted only five to four, which in itself is worrying to say that basically the federal government has the power to remove all this razor wire that, that uh, Greg Abbott has strung along the Rio Grande. Uh, that should have been a 9-0 um, ruling because there is nothing in the Constitution or anywhere else that suggests that states have the right uh, to man the borders. That is a federal responsibility. Okay, so uh, having said that, the, uh, they started taking down the wire and Greg Abbott has now said, well, there's nothing to... They said you can take it down. They didn't say I can't keep putting it up. So this is what he's doing at the moment which is obviously absurd and it should be he's he to me he is right up there in contempt of court he's right at that at that uh, boundary well let me put uh, that to cal cal can a governor like that defy not just the federal government but defy a finding of the supreme court 
Well, Joe Biden did when it came to student loan forgiveness, so uh, let's be equal here. Look, we are being invaded, Matt. According to the uh, Border Patrol people, as of late December, and these aren't final figures, 225,000 migrants crossed the southern border. And by the way, people were drowning in the Rio Grande River uh, before razor wire went up. It's a very dangerous flow there. The The current is strong, and the coyotes who are helped smuggling these people in don't care about that. We have had, uh, according to the immigration studies, 11.35 million people are living uh, uh, are living in the United States illegally, and they're still coming. I mean, we have uh, Secretary Mayorkas up uh, for impeachment today in the House of Representatives in a uh, in a in a committee uh, for not doing his job. I think that's political theater, frankly, because uh, even if he is impeached uh, and convicted in the Senate, which isn't going to happen, uh, President Biden would simply. Uh, uh, replace him with someone else. It's the president's policy. It's not Mayorkas's policy. But no nation can sustain itself. You In Ireland, you have laws about how long a foreigner can stay without special permission from the government. All of these laws are being violated in the United States, and no nation can sustain itself unless it controls its borders. We leave it there. Carl Thomas and Marion McKeown, thank you for being with us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.